Welcome to season four of the Invest Your Best podcast with Allie Kay. Come along as I casually explore what it takes to live your best life mentally and physically by focusing on the things you can control, your thinking and actions. Come and listen as I have open, real, and honest conversations about what it takes to step into action to live your best life. It's time to invest your best. Welcome to the Invest Your Best podcast. I am your host, Allie Kay. On this episode, I have on one of my favorite authors. I just binged her book, A Love Letter to Whiskey. Candy, welcome to the show. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to just like talk to you, just like have a cool conversation. So I have to know, did you always know you wanted to be an author? Yeah, from a pretty young age. I think I wanted to be a rock star and then a vet. But around fourth grade, I read the Harry Potter series, or at least the books that were out at that time. And I told my mom I was going to be the next JK Rowling. So while I'm not quite there yet, I'm pretty confident that I followed my dream. (laughs) I know you're on your way. And I love the rock star, you know, that's, that's okay. You're still doing it. So I have to ask if anyone hasn't read your books, are your books inspired by your real life? Like, where do you get your inspiration? I definitely get inspiration just from living life. So uh, I draw some things from my own personal experiences, a lot from listening to my friends and especially the turmoil that they've gone through in dating and the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Um, and I also really just love to travel and talk to strangers. One of my favorite things to do is to sit down in a bar where I don't know anybody and nobody knows me it always comes out that I'm a writer and then I'll ask them, so tell me about the first time you had your heart broken. And yeah, (laughs) sometimes you can just, you really get good inspiration from people when they're willing to be vulnerable and open. And usually with a stranger, they're willing to be more open than they are with even some of their best friends. Yeah, that's so true. So was, has your path always been very straight and narrow? Like, okay, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to write my book. I publish it. You know, it's an international bestseller. Like, was it that easy? (laughs) Like, tell me a little bit just about like your journey in general. Yeah, it was absolutely not that easy. (laughs) The shortest story I guess I can give is that when I went to college, I definitely wanted to major in creative writing. I saw a future in writing, but my mom kind of made the joke of, okay, that's great, honey, but what are you going to do for money? (laughs) So I double majored in advertising and public relations. And I learned a lot about marketing and um, especially social media, which this was way back in 2012 when I graduated. So it was becoming a thing for brands at that time to be on social media and have a presence. So I worked in the corporate America life for a while and I got to sort of utilize those skills. And at night I would come home, you know, after working all day long and going to the gym, I'd make dinner and I would sit down and whatever I had left in me, I would squeeze out every last drop and just write until I passed out. Um, And it wasn't until my sixth novel that I published, which was Weightless, Um, I published that in the summer of 2016. And that was the book that was my first bestseller and sort of changed the trajectory of my career entirely. 
So what's your process? Like when you write, do you write and you're like, oh, I know this is going to be a great book? Or do you doubt yourself? Do you have other people give the feedback? What's kind of your process of writing? I definitely doubt myself <laughs> a lot. I think that imposter syndrome for any artist or any any creative really, right? It's We all just feel like we're a fraud and somebody's going to find out. Yep. I <laughs> so, feel that 100%. Right? <laughs> Right. It's impossible. It doesn't matter how many accolades you get or how many people tell you that you're a success. I think I think it's always going to be there, but I think it's a good thing. I think it keeps us humble and it makes us hustle. And, and uh, I like that. But I have so many steps to my writing process and so many people who help me along the way. I have people who read while I write and I, I like to call them my professional hair putters <laughs> because they... They will give me critique along the way and help me sort of craft the story. But more importantly, they will sort of pet my hair and say, yes, you're doing great. Please keep going. It's not trash. It's not garbage. Keep going. Um, And then I have a round of readers who reads my completed rough draft. And then I have a round of readers that reads after I edit. I have an editor, a proofreader. I mean, the list goes on and on. But a lot of eyes and a lot of hands touch something before it's published. Do you ever feel like um, my brother's a creative and I'd like to consider myself a creative person. And I feel like when there's pressure put on me, you know, I back away from it. And I can't imagine because like now, you know, you're writing so many books and there is kind of like that pressure, like you need to go pump another one out. Do you feel that? Like, does that affect you at all? Yeah. I mean, I feel pressure and it's not necessarily pressure as far as getting another book out because I do love to write in the sense that I'm excited to sit down and write most days, not all mm-hmm. days, but most days I sit down and I'm, I'm excited about what I'm writing. The pressure I think comes from that need to be successful and that sort of side of me that wants to be successful. And so it's a catch 22. It's really interesting because if I release a book and it doesn't do well, it almost like releases me and gives all that pressure off of me. And I'm like, great, now I can just write whatever I want. And that's typically the book that does better and then puts that pressure back on me. (laughs) And so it kind of cycles back and forth. But I'm a little more, uh, I guess, well-versed in this now. And I've been around the block for almost 10 years in the publishing industry at this point. And what I've learned time and time again is to not listen to what my readers are telling me they want, to not listen to what I think the biggest trends are, just to write what I want to write, because inevitably that is always going to be the most successful for me as a creative and as a business, both. Have you ever gotten this situation where a publisher or someone's been like, nope, I'm not doing this, like feeling that rejection and then you trying to change, like alter to what they want and then it not doing well? Like talk to me about just like overcoming rejection and really what you're saying, staying true to yourself. Yeah. So uh, I'm fortunate in the sense that I am a self-published writer. And so I am the one who decides when a book goes out. There's nobody really to tell me, no, you can't publish this garbage. It's really up to me. But I will say for me, the critics are the readers, right? It's the reviews and the sales. Um, as much as I want to say that my work is not tied up in money. It is to a certain extent because sales tell me that I did something right and that I wrote something that was well-received and that readers enjoy. So I've had plenty of books come out even after, I guess when Weightless came out and it was a bestseller, I just sort of naively thought, well, now every book that I publish will be a bestseller. And that is 
not true. It's very far from the truth. And so I've had a series of books that have not done well since then, and they don't really make me money. They're not very profitable. And so I had to sort of redefine what success meant to me. And it was a long mental journey of just kind of asking myself like, yes, it's important to pay my bills. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, if all the money right now, if everybody stopped buying my books at this very moment and I had no money in a month, I could still go get a job and I would still want to write. I could supplement my income, but I would never be able to supplement the feeling that writing and completing a story gives me and gives my soul. So for me, it became understanding that writing a book the way I want to write it, telling the story I want to tell, that in itself is success. Publishing it and putting it out in the world is success. And what happens after that, I have no control over. So I have to remind myself every time I release to just let go of that, let it do what it will do, and consider it a success no matter what the financial outcome is. I love that. I love the whole idea of redefining success. And I think I think so many people experience the same thing where, you know, in different areas where something does really, really well, you know, or you reach your peak and all of a sudden it's like, wait, it didn't happen again? Like what's going on? Did that mentally, like talk to me on the mental side of that, like the process of redefining your success. Did you go through any dark times where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to give writing up? Like just that type of thing. Absolutely. You know, I think there was never really a point in time where I thought about giving writing up, but there were definitely times when my anxiety would do the doom spiral and I would start saying, okay, well, I'm clearly going to be homeless in three (laughs) months. So I need to start looking for jobs. Um, but I read a really great book. Uh, it was by, what is her name? I'm going to mess it up now. Um, I'm trying to peek on my shelf. Oh, Lily Singh. It's called how to be a boss. Okay. And it was, it was a fun kind of like, I don't really typically read self-help, but I really enjoyed this one. And one of the things that really stuck with me in that book was she said, throw out your plan B. Stop putting so much energy into your backup plan, your fallout plan. What happens if you fail? Because if you put all that energy that you were putting into plan B into your plan A, you wouldn't need your plan B. So stop trying to think about what happens if you fail and start putting that energy into ensuring that you succeed. And I was just like, wow, that really, really stuck with me. And so now when I have those moments where I think, oh man, maybe the money's going to run up and maybe I need to get a job and I can just write on the side. I ask myself, okay, you have 32 books that are published. How about focusing some of that energy into promoting a backlist book? Make those books work for you. You don't always have to rely on your front list and your new releases. Things like that just really change the momentum and change my mental mindset. And I sort of wake up with this uh, this new twist, this new way of seeing things where I get excited thinking, okay, what's a new and innovative way that I can get people to read my books now? And a great example of that is book talk. Like, hello, TikTok has changed the game in so many ways. I think you can agree, right? Mm-hmm. So many. I screenshot like all the TikToks that come up or like, these are the last four books that I've read. Like I'm screenshotting them and I'm on Amazon ordering them. Yes, same. And it's so great. Found so many people who read what I like to read. So I can trust their recommendations without even reading the blurb of the book. I just know I'm going to like it. Um, But I remember being sort of resistant to join TikTok at first because I just assumed it wasn't my audience. I was like, oh, it's younger people, teenagers dancing. It's definitely not for me. 
And then I ended up getting on there. Oh, when was it? Early 2021, I think January of 2021. And lo and behold, there's this whole audience of people just waiting. And Book Talk has now given my career a new surge. Blindside that just came out is my best release I've ever had in my career. And I've been publishing for 10 years. Wow. So it's really a- amazing to see new life breathed into like a new generation of readers and to see that just when you think you're washed up or you think that nobody out there is left to read you, a whole new wave of people can come in. So I just, I love that reminder that anything can happen, that any day can change your life. Yeah. And I love the whole idea of like putting all your effort into plan A, like what do you have in plan A and what can you work with, you know? And that's, and that's what you did with TikTok. First of all, I love TikTok. I think what people don't realize is like, there's such a reach on TikTok that you find your people, you know, no matter what genre or category you're in. And you can really can, of course, there's like a toxic side, but you can really connect with your people on that and you're doing it. I love that. Well, it's got to it's got to be the same for you in the fitness and the health journey, right? There's so many sort of like little subsets of that genre on TikTok that I follow and I'm really interested in as well. So it's cool to see everybody having a platform where they can sort of speak and talk about what uh, their journey has been and then inspire others too. Yeah. And you find your people along the way who support you. So I love that. Okay. Little Birdie has it that you have been doing some pole dancing. <laughs> I have. To, I love this. Talk to me about your whole experience and what you've been doing. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. So I took my first pole dance class in 2018 against my will. My, my best friend dragged me, literally dragged me to the first class and was like, you're going to do this with me because I really want to do it. And I instantly fell in love. It was so hard. It was so challenging. At the time I was lifting weights and doing cardio and I just felt like I had it down. I was like, I understand what I'm doing. Pole dance is going to be easy. And then I was humbled so quickly. I had like (laughs) zero upper body strength when it came to pole. And so I kept signing up for classes. And then I just, it sort of went from being just a workout to being a full on addiction. And I love the community. It's all these women who are very strong and secure in their sexuality and supporting each other and being like, your body is beautiful. You can do really hard things. And now I, I teach and I try to spread that empowerment to other women. And I've been pole dancing for like four and a half years and it is truly a huge part of my life and who I am. I love that. Okay. So with the pole dancing class, when you go in, is it like the class is structured, like every class is the same, like it's the same routine or is it different? Like how does the structure of the class work? I'm so interested. Every class is so different. So I started with a beginner session, which was like a four week progressive. So you learn sort of the fundamentals, the beginner spins, the beginner tricks. But then there's also, you can drop into a pole dance class that's going to be primarily choreography. And um, there's different kinds of dance. There's 
Russian exotic, there's mm. athletic style, there's contemporary, there's floor work and base work, there's heels only with no pole involved. So there's so many different uh, subcategories. And then you can also move up the trick ladder. So you might move on from beginner tricks to intermediate, from intermediate to advanced, from advanced to championship. So uh, it's it's really crazy. And I think that's what I love so much about pole. I have done probably every fitness you can think of. I have done cycling. I have done yoga. I have done Zumba. I used to teach Zumba. I've, I lift weights and I love every, every form of workout that I have found has played an important part in my journey, but nothing has challenged me and kept me coming back the way pole has. And I think it's because every class is something new. You never, you can never learn it all. There's always something new to challenge you. And that is just so exciting to me. Yeah. And I think like people have this misconception of like working out in general. I talk about it a lot where they think it's like this punishment, you know, like, Oh, I got to go to the gym. I got to go work out. But what I talk about and what you're talking about too, is like finding something that you truly connect with. And I love just hearing the pull side of it, which I I haven't even heard about, you know, that there's so many different movements out there that you can connect with. Tell me a little bit how that's kind of influenced just your mental health, like your everyday resilience to life. Yeah. I mean, it's completely changed my life. I I did start going to therapy around the same time that I found pole. And I feel like the two just were this magical combination that unlocked like the healthiest version of me. Um, But it's like you said, working out was no longer a chore for me. And I started also thinking about food differently and lifting differently. Like I didn't go to the gym and just work out because, you know, I felt like I needed to, I went to the gym with a mission of like, okay, well, I want my body to look a certain way for this pole move, or I want my body to be strong in this way because I can't do this pole move and I need more shoulder strength. I need more bicep strength or I need more quad strength. So it, it went from like thinking that I needed to lose weight to being like, how do I get my body to work for me in this way that I want it to for pull? Um, and same with food. It was like, for so long, I struggled with binge eating and just eating really high process, like salty, sugary, fat, heavy foods. And I think it was just because I didn't really have a reason not to. I was like, well, I go to the gym and so I can eat whatever I want. That was sort of my mindset. And then it became okay, I'm not getting the right fuel because I'm exhausted in pole. I hit a block every time I'm there where I can no longer perform. And I want to start giving my body the type of fuel that I can convert into good energy so that when I go into pole, I feel great. When I leave pole, I can recover and feel even better. And again, it was just like, like a Tetris falling into place, everything just clicked for me and unlocked all this potential. I love that. It's connecting to that deeper meaning. You know, it's changing that perspective. I'm the same way. I mean, it took a while for me to get there because I run and it's like, okay, how do I, I need the protein. I need to recover. You know, what are those foods that do that? So I love, I love that you're talking about this because I talk about it all the time. It's like finding that connection and the foods that fuel you for a purpose. What are the foods that you go to? Just tell me like a snack idea, dinner idea. What do you gravitate towards? Yeah. I mean, it changes so much for me. I kind of go through phases, but right now I'm really loving Dan and Oikos has like a a triple zero vanilla blended Greek yogurt. Mm. And I put raspberries and then this like nature Valley granola, it's kind of a protein granola in it, but it's oats and honey. Sounds good. (laughs) Oh, it's 
so good. It's so good. Um, and I, I really love breakfast. Breakfast to me is the one meal that I will stop what I'm doing. I will go make my breakfast and I really want a heavy, hearty breakfast. So I love the, um, like Godshall's turkey bacon. I want eggs and egg whites, cheese, a wrap or bread or something to sort of serve it all on. And yeah, that's my favorite for sure. I love that. See, there's no like restriction mentality of it and you know, you're going to burn it on the pole later anyways. So exactly, exactly. I, I do feel like for me, it was a big unlocking for um, protein. I think when I was younger, I didn't really understand how great protein was. And I never thought about protein when I was eating. And that one big step of just like making sure when I eat that I'm thinking about what protein is in each thing that I'm eating, it just completely changed the whole game for me. And now like my body's recovering and like retaining everything I'm giving it so much better, you know? Yeah. That's the same thing with me. It's like, I know I need to get more protein. And when I eat the protein, I also feel fulfilled too. You know, you feel full and you feel satisfied. It's just getting, getting it in. And I'm still working on that too. (laughs) So you're in Tampa, right? I am. Okay. So where do you teach pole? Because as soon as I pop this baby out, I'm coming. (laughs) Yes. So I'm at Impulse Pole Dance. It's in Brandon. And we also have a a studio in St. Pete. Um, So both of those. And I also highly recommend there's an Aries Pole uh, studio that I take classes at. Um, That's in Riverview. I have Entice over in St. Pete, Buttercup in Tampa. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many that I recommend, but I personally teach at Impulse and that's my family. And then for people that live out of state that are listening, if they want to take pole somewhere, um, will they have like a beginner's class or what's like the typical standard of that? Yeah, definitely. If you look for pole dance classes in your area, every studio will have some sort of beginner standard. They'll either have a session where you have to come at the same time every week for like four or five weeks, or they'll have drop-in classes that are beginner friendly. And if you're in a small town or somewhere where there's not a pole class nearby, there are so many online resources. One of my favorite instructors to learn from is Gemma Lux. And you can find her on Instagram. You can search her online, but she has a Patreon. So you just pay, I think it's like 20 bucks a month and you have access to all of her videos and she teaches from beginner to advanced. So she will walk you through how to set up your home pole to how to learn everything you want to learn. Um, so whether you do it by yourself or with friends, you have options at home and you have options in studio. I feel like I'm going to get a pole for my house. That's going to be my next like <laughs> equipment delivery. And my husband's going to be like, what's going on? But I feel like this would be be like an awesome postpartum workout, like building that strength and stuff. I want to check it out. Absolutely. It'll be so fun. And you'll be like, you know, exploring things that you never did before. At least that's how I felt. I was like, wow, look at me like doing body rolls. Go yeah, <laughs> I feel like even just because I am about to have, you know, my third baby and like postpartum such like a very sensitive time, you know, you're learning to adapt to your body and stuff. I feel like that's such a great exercise. All you moms out there, postpartum, go take a pull class because I feel like it would change your perspective of your body and appreciate it and accept it. So I love that. Absolutely. There's no more empowering feeling than when you're like working on something in pole and you unlock it and the whole crowd cheers. Everyone's (laughs) so excited for you. The class is just pumped. It's a really great feeling. Yay. And then tell us where we can find you on social media, where we can purchase your books and what's next for you. Yeah. So I am wherever you like to hang out online. Um, On TikTok, I'm on Instagram. I have a Facebook group. I'm on Twitter. 
I do have a newsletter, which is a great way to keep up with anything I have coming out. So if you just go to candysteiner.com, everything is linked there. Um, and then for buying my books, I primarily sell on Amazon. So if you have a Kindle or if you have a smartphone, you can download the Kindle app and you can get my eBooks there, or you can order paperbacks or hardcovers. You can also usually find me at your local Barnes and Noble, or if not, you can ask them to order me for you. So lots of options to download. Yes. And uh, I I just released Blindside. So if you're listening now, go read my new release. It's Blindside. And if you like that, the next book in the series is coming out in October and it's called Quarterbacks. Yay. I am so excited. Thank you, Candy, for coming on. And this has been another episode of the Invest Your Best podcast with Allie Kay. 